I want to thank our sponsors, Mickey Fins, Marlboro Pity Electric, Carolina Bank, Pepsi of Florence. Excited to have Bill Maher with us. Now let's go to the interview with Bill Maher. We've had a myriad of guests on this show. We've had, uh, we've taken advantage of opportunities to have people on this show that you probably would go, why are they on uh, this particular show? This may be uh, one of the most unique examples of our 12 <laughs> years of being on the radio. We are a conservative political radio show in Red State, South Carolina, um, welcoming Bill Maher to our show. Mr. Maher, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm all right, Ken. How are you doing? We are doing well. Um, uh, uh, the reason for you being on our show is because you're doing a uh, a comedy tour. You'll be at the Township Auditorium Sunday, August 20th, 8 p.m. We'll get the tickets being available here in just a couple of minutes. Um, I'll ask a weird question leading off, but I think it's an appropriate question. You're a stand-up comedian, but you're a lot of other things. How important is being a, uh, I guess, maintaining that discipline uh, in your life today? Well, it's everything to me. Uh, you know, I haven't been able to do my show, my HBO show, since April because the strike out here, which I'm sure you're aware, has put all the shows out of business for a while, and we don't know how long that's going to go on. So I still have my podcast, um, Club Random, which is great, but that's not it's not, it's not terribly political <clears throat> by design. Um, that's more free-flowing. Uh my main job is is real time with Bill Maher on HBO, uh, and that is a show, as, as I'm sure you know, that welcomes mostly political guests and talks about the news of the week. Um, now, as far as stand-up goes, for my personal psyche, it's very important. It's been what I've been doing my entire life since I was in my early 20s, is going on the road and telling jokes to strangers, and there's nothing I love more in life than doing that. But it also feeds the show. It also feeds my HBO show because I feel like I couldn't sit here in Los Angeles and talk about America if I didn't see America. Um, so I love to go to places like the Carolinas. I love the South. I love I love red states because I get a a mixed audience. You know, I don't get a bunch of too politically correct people because I've never been politically correct. As you know, I'm sure my first show was called Politically Incorrect. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of crazy on both sides. I mean, I have more material than I ever did about the left because the left went crazier than they ever did. That doesn't mean I've changed my view on the right either, but I think a lot of people just want sensible, um, in my case, I would call it old-school liberalism, but certainly not the nonsense of the woke. I pay attention to what you say because I find you very interesting. <clears throat> Who do you find interesting? Who out there in the public domain says things that Bill Maher listens to and finds uniquely interesting? Well, there are certain writers who I adore, like Andrew Sullivan. I don't know if you read him, but he's another person like sort of in my camp, I would say. Um, Barry Weiss, they have an amazing site called The Free Press. Um, she used to be, She used to work for The New York Times, and... The New York Times is not a publication anymore that um, countenances any sort of dissent. I mean, you have to be completely on their page. I mean, this is, again, someone who I would call an old-school liberal. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's hardly some sort of red-pill-taking 
conservative, and yet not good enough for that publication anymore. So she left and did her own thing. And again, this is the kind of these are the kind. Of, Sam Harris is another person I love to listen to. And again, somehow we get called now uh, conservatives, and it's like you know what? If I don't get on the crazy train with you, and a lot of the stuff that I just don't agree with anymore, like just way too much identity politics and uh, uh, oversensitivity and cancel culture. If I don't get on that train with you, this doesn't make me a conservative. I haven't changed. They changed. Bill, what, what does it say when someone like yourself, Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, moved the meter more than the aforementioned New York Times, CBS Evening News? What has happened to the proliferation of media when people pay closer attention to people like yourself, and once again, Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson come to mind, then they do some of the legacy media that we've historically trusted to tell us what's happening in America. Well, first of all, I'm not like Joe Rogan or Tucker Carlson, who both came out for Trump, which would never happen for me. He's a traitor who tried to overthrow the government of the United States. I was the one, the only one, for years, who was saying on my show, this man will never concede losing an election. And then what happened? That's exactly what happened. And all the liberals were laughing at me, mocking me for saying that all those years. But, it, but the point of your question I will answer, the mainstream media has lost a lot of credibility for very good reason. I mentioned the New York Times. The New York Times used to be known as the paper of record. I guess they'd still like to be called that. But they're not. It's one thing to have your opinion on the opinion page. We get that. You should have that. It's called the editorial page, the op-ed. But their opinion is, is on the front page now. I used to be able to rely on them to just give me a dispassionate view of the story. But that's not how the media works now. They work backwards from how will the people on our team who mostly read our publication or watch our show, how do they want us to give this back to them? How can we say it in a way that they won't object to? That if they sit there in a focus group with their hand on the dial, they won't turn it down. Uh, I mean, Fox News was sued for what seven hundred? What did that to pay? Seven hundred eighty-seven million dollars, I think, for Fox Dominion. And in those trials, it came out that people like Tucker Carlson were saying all along that they. So they all thought it was a bunch of crap, but they said it anyway. They, they knew Trump lost that election, but they said it anyway because they knew the audience wanted to hear the reverse. So on both sides, they have lost a lot of credibility uh, because that's what they do. They don't tell you what's true. They tell their audience what they think their audience wants to hear. Bill, when you, you mentioned Trump a second ago, I didn't want to go there, but I'd, I'd be very intrigued in your opinion here. Um, I host 20 hours of political radio. I spent about 20 years as an elected official in South Carolina, statewide and at the local level. What do you make of not Trump the candidate? I mean, narcissism and bombastic and all, a lot of other things. But what do you make with this, the, 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 this discontent that people in flyover country have of what I'll refer to as the credentialed elites? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a powerful force. It's populism. It's not a coherent governing philosophy. I don't I don't defend it at that level. But there's no doubt that there's a kind 
kind of an unbridled energy in Heartland, USA, in flower country, America, that is not dissipating. It's not going away. It's intensifying, if anything else. What do you make of that energy um, aside of the person himself? Yeah, I've talked about this a lot on my show, and I talk about it in my stand-up act. Um, you know, it's very possible Trump could win the next election. Um, and what I find from people who I talk to, especially conservative people, what they say to me is, what you guys don't get about Donald Trump is that we don't like him either. We don't like him, but we will vote for him because what they see is going on on the left is even crazier. And that is quite an accomplishment. When you can make Donald Trump look like the least sane, I mean, the more sane person in an election, that is really, but you know what? I get it. I would never vote for Trump, but I get it. I do. I get it that people say, you know what, again, with all the identity politics, the victimhood, the sensitivity, the cancel culture, the forced conformity, the hostility toward free speech, the pointless self-loathing among white people that doesn't make any lives better, the forcing of complex ideas about race and gender on children, all this stuff. That's, what, that's why they vote for Donald Trump. Now, some of them do like him, but other people are just saying, you know what, yes, he's crazy, he's awful, but you know what, my kid came home and he's a boy and he's wearing a dress now, so I need a stick as big as Donald Trump to beat back your nonsense. That's Is, what's going on there. You've established yourself, i got to believe you're in kind of a liberated place, you say and do about what you want to say and do, but for a young comedian... Can you imagine it being much harder now because of, you mentioned cancel culture a second ago, is it harder to be funny now than ever before? Yes. And, and of course, that generation, they don't even, they don't even want to be because they're so locked into that mindset of super political correctness. I mean, it's so funny. I did a show in the 90s, Politically Incorrect, and I thought I was trying to drive a stake into the heart of political correctness, which I always defined as, you know, the opposite of honesty. I mean, when you're politically correct, you're saying the thing that people think you should say, not the thing that's true. And I was reacting against that. Well, obviously, I failed miserably because I didn't drive a stake into anything. It's worse now than ever. And uh, I mean, I've, I've seen, I don't see a lot of younger comedians, but when I do, uh, they have, a lot of them have lost the thread back to what makes comedy great which is comedy is telling the truth. It's saying those things that people are thinking that they won't say out loud. It's saying those things that other people dare not say, and that's what makes people laugh. Laughter is involuntary. You can't make it happen, and you can't prevent it when it really makes you laugh. That's what's great about it. And I don't see a lot of that among the younger generation. It's a lot of stuff about, oh, I don't know, their anxiety and, and you know, their coming out or whatever it is they're going on in the in their personal lives but it's not sort of observing the parade of what's going on here in america and then commenting on it truthfully because that would get them in trouble and yes it's a lot harder i mean when i started in the comedy clubs there was no cell phones there was no twitter there was no people in the audience 
who are just looking to get a scalp on the wall. They don't really care about social justice. What they care about is, ooh, I caught somebody at being bad. Well, you know what? A lot of comedy is being bad. It's about testing where the line is. Yes, sometimes we go over the line. That's what you pay us for. That's why it's good. You need us on that wall. You'll be at the Township Sunday, August 20th, 8 p.m. Tickets are available through Ticketmaster. I don't know how much you know about the Township, but Elvis Presley played there, played there in 56. Pink Floyd played there in 72. Bruce Springsteen played there in 78. It's a storied venue here in our in our state. If someone buys a ticket to see Bill Maher perform in Columbia, South Carolina, what can they expect? They can expect to laugh their ass off. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if they listen to this interview, they heard a little bit of my point of view on things now and uh like i say i get a mixed audience now politically mixed which is rare these days we are all so into our own tribes we are all into our own silos it's terrible it's one of the things that's tearing this country apart we used to be able to sit down with each other even if we knew we didn't agree and that was okay you don't have to agree with everybody on everything and you never will this is a big country with lots of people in it, and most of them don't think like you. Get over yourself, sit down with them, enjoy their company, and that goes on in my show. I love it. I make fun of Trump, and everybody laughs, even the people who probably voted for him. And I make fun of the left, and the liberals laugh at that, too, because it's undeniably ridiculous, some of the places they've gone to. And I feel like we're, we're doing something good in that audience. We are learning that we can sit together and be a community again because this country has to learn how to do that again. Well, I'll give you, you know? a compliment. I mean, I, I'm a fairly conservative. I mean, I'd be right of center. I read where Willie Nelson once said, you know, if we really get to know one another, we'll find out how much in common we really do have. But you interest me. You say things that I disagree with, but I find unbelievably interesting, and it forces me to scratch my head and do a bit of self-evaluating, self-awareness, introspection. And at the end of the day, I think that's what the world is woefully lacking is our ability to be introspective about what we believe, why we believe it, and how can we respect people who believe something fundamentally different. Bill, thank you so much for your time. We're excited to have you in our state. That is Sunday, August 20th, Township Auditorium, 8 p.m. Tickets available through Ticketmaster Bill Maher in concert. Thank you, Mr. Mark. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I want to thank our sponsors. Carolina Bank serves communities throughout northeastern South Carolina, offering a wide range of services to meet every personal or business need from straightforward accounts to complex finances. They're prepared to help you reach your financial goals. Carolina Bank, banking on tradition since 1936. Member FDIC. Pepsi of Florence represent the entire product line of PepsiCo, one of the world's leading Food and beverage companies, Pepsi of Florence, also serve brands from other great companies such as Dr. Pepper, Canada Dry, Lipton Tea, Gatorade, and various regional brands. Mickey Finn's, largest South Carolina liquor wholesaler, serving every county in the state, largest bourbon selection statewide. They ship wines to 43 states, opening soon a new beverage warehouse across from Bucky's on I-95 in Florence. They support USC athletics, including... Williams Bryce and Colonial Life Arena. Marlboro PD Electric Co-op. If you're in big business and looking for an industrial park in the south to build your new plant, consider Marlboro PD Electric Co-op's new PD Commerce Center. Uh, an industrial park located at the I-95 exit in Florence, South Carolina. 
Check it out at mpdcoop or pdec.com. <laughs> 